Hello, and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle the irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop, the editor of Real Simple, and with me today are Laura Stack, a.k.a. the Productivity Pro, who's the author of seven books, including the upcoming Doing the Right Things Right, How the Effective Executive Spends Time. Okay, Laura, we're going to have to talk after class to find out if I'm an effective executive, although I probably don't want to know the answer. Also with us today is Scott Williams, who is the Chief Operating Officer at the Newseum in Washington, D.C., and worked at Graceland for 12 years. And Scott, I didn't tell you this, but... I had, a, I had a high school boyfriend named Scott Williams. I'm assuming that's not you. Yeah. <laughs> I, if it is, I do not remember, unfortunately. <laughs> so today we're talking about slow people. Now, here's when I think of slow people, there are so many different kinds of slow people who can be aggravating in many different ways. But when I think of slow people, I think of one really specific thing, and I will set the scene for you. It is Christmas time in New York City. And my offices here at Real Simple in the Time Inc. building are a block from the tree, the Rockefeller Center tree, rather. And so I'm leaving my office. I'm all bundled up. Maybe the sidewalks are icy, although usually not. And I'm rushing for my commuter train out of Grand Central Station, which I frequently am. And a family of like five people is walking in front of me from somewhere that's not New York, And they're staring up at the sky, and they're blocking the whole sidewalk. And I just, I feel like my hair is on fire because I'm going to miss my train because these slow people. Now, I'm a horrible person because they are enjoying the sights of New York City. They're helping the economy of my city. (laughs) They are celebrating the season, and I'm walking up behind them. And so my passive-aggressive way of dealing with this is I, like, kind of, I, I sort of, like, I'll clear my throat or I'll, like, make my footsteps kind of loud so they hear me coming behind them because I don't feel brave enough to say, like, excuse me or, okay, tourists, move out of my way. But it, it's when you work in midtown Manhattan, particularly around Rockefeller Center, there are times of year, and Christmas isn't the only one, when the sidewalks are really filled with people staring straight up and hardly moving. <laughs> um, so when I, so that was the genesis of this podcast, my fellow man who I'm so unforgiving toward. So Scott, I want to start with you because I imagine in your line of work, both at the museum and at Graceland, you have a lot of people walking slowly, which is maybe not your issue with slow people if you have an issue, but let's hear. Do you, am I, am I horrible? Do you share any of my feelings? Do you have no, anything I mean, like this? I, um, I can relate on several levels. My personal moment when I get annoyed with people is when I'm trying to ride my bike on a trail and people are walking side by side, like four or five, you know, a line, you have to go around. So, you know, I think we all encounter people who are, you know, in our way of us getting where we want to go. In the museum and attraction business, they say there are swimmers, skimmers, and divers. So (laughs) people attack the experience of going to a museum or attraction differently. And so I myself, I skim first. I like to Mm -hmm. run through the whole building as fast as I can to see what I want to see the rest of the time that I'm there. And then I go back and more slowly look at the things I want to look at. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in the attractions in the museum business, you have to accommodate 
all three of those and various points in between. So at both Graceland and here at the museum, we absolutely have some people who slowly wander through and want to absorb everything and others who just want to fly through and just get a little tiny taste as they move along. And Mm -hmm. and in this business, you have to be able to figure out a way to accommodate both traffic flows simultaneously so that no one ultimately has a bad experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, we will come back to that. That's fascinating. So, Laura, you are a productivity pro. Are you tripped up, aggravated by slow people? And if so, can you give us an example? Kristen, I I was just giggling a little bit at your example because I would be annoyed, too. Listen, I, I think that it's human nature to be irritated when someone's getting in the way of us getting where we want to go. I mean, that's a... That's, Actually, what we're talking about is that someone's being an obstacle and slowing us down. And, of course, I have my pet peeves, as, as you both do. Mine usually is in more of a meeting setting where someone just wants to regale us with stories and they're going down rabbit trails and getting off topic and people are just tearing their hair out. You've only got an hour for this meeting and the way this person's talking, it's going to take two. Um, You know, so I just try to assume the best, you know, with that family, I always kind of back up and say, okay, they don't know. Right, they don't know. They're doing this. And I I try to give them the benefit of the doubt to say they don't know that they're being rude. They're not trying to be rude. You know, so I really try to come from that space mm-hmm. because I think if if we don't, we're gonna we're gonna have our hair on fire all the time, just like you mentioned. Can I just say that that example you used of the meeting where there's a person who's getting you off topic and going down rabbit holes Ugh. and okay, I like I'm having a little bit of a panic attack because I think someone from Real Simple who works with me told you to tell that story because that oh, is no. me. I I am that person. Is that you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> that, I, I'm the irritating person there because, Tim, I don't know. Well, whatever. Clearly, I like to talk or I wouldn't be doing this podcast, but um, I mean, now I'm I usually to, in meetings the, the rude guy who says, okay, you know what? Let's talk about that later. Right now, let's get right back on track. And so, yeah, I'm, I like 15 minute meetings. <laughs> oh, yeah. You would hate working with me too, I Scott. I you wouldn't like working with Christian. <laughs> and I, I think that's the trick is that we all have areas where for us, Something is enjoyable, i.e. looking yeah. at a tree. For someone else, that's irritating. For you, yeah. uh, you're social. You love to talk. A meeting is an adventure. Are you kidding? This is so fun. It's social yeah. versus someone else. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what? I just... Point fingers there, I know. Scott. But no. I think that there, there always will be that tension uh, between yeah. people and trying to come up with solutions that work for all indeed can be tricky so that... We don't let people get our goat, and mm-hmm. we don't become that person in someone else's lives as well. Okay, so Scott, when you're in the meeting with Kristen, and she's going down the rabbit hole and telling a story that she thinks is funny and everyone's super irritated, and you say, okay, let's get back on track, how does that work? Like, do, How do people respond when you say things like that? 
you know, as as far as I know, they respond well. <laughs> you know, we do usually get right back on track. Everyone knows that I like to, you know, get meetings over with as quickly as possible. And, you know, I, big meetings with lots of people in the room, you know, mm-hmm. to me, to me personally, are not super productive. So, you yeah. know, I, I prefer smaller groups of people, really fast meetings, and I prefer people walking around and meeting with each other in a in a quick pace versus just mm-hmm. sitting around a room knitting. Laura, do you have any thoughts on the meeting thing? Well, I, I think that you do have to be careful because you're, you don't want to alienate a whole section of people in the meeting because half of the people will want to have an experience at the meeting because I, I think we have to talk with one another. Uh, mm-hmm. Socializing is not a waste of time. We bond. We form relationships. And there is a piece of that that is productive and it's valuable. Mm-hmm. So I'm not mm-hmm. for shutting it all off. And, and I would be careful about silencing someone in a meeting because, well, then they're never going to speak again. It's like, well, see if mm-hmm. you can get me to talk. Um, <laughs> so, see, that's why I need, I need some, co- some consultation. Yeah. <laughs> I would this do this preventatively. <laughs> if I were the leader or, or a, a coworker taking initiative, I would say, listen, yeah. let's provide an opportunity to, can we come 10 minutes before the meeting? I just want to catch up with you all. Yeah. No, I haven't seen you. You know, That's can anyone who wants to just um, have a bagel and a cup of coffee with me, let's just come a few minutes early so mm-hmm. that we respect the time of those who came to the meeting on time. I want to start right away. And you do this in advance of the meeting. You, I call mm-hmm. it a preventive assertion. You tell people, look, I know I'm often guilty of getting us off track on our mm-hmm. agenda, and I just, I miss you all. I want to talk with you. And so setting something up in advance, also making sure that you have an agenda and that the expectation is laid out that, look, we're going to start on time, we need to end on time, so anything that comes up that's not on this agenda, mm-hmm. let's put it over here on our parking lot. And if you kind of lay out those ground rules, then you don't feel like, ah, oh, someone's just frustrating you, and then, you know, you end up cutting them off. So I do think there's a lot you can do in advance. Okay, so I have a question for both. I do have some really specific scenarios, Laura, for you. Oh, good. About, um, you know, making strangers hurry up but but this is kind of related to what Scott was saying about the meeting so I want to ask both of you this how do you you know there are people in your life who and I'm not going to say I'm not naming names here but there are people in your life who tell really long involved stories when they're telling you something and it's not like a funny oh my god listen to this horrible thing that happened to me on my bike ride on Saturday and it's it's more like it gets to the kind of droning on sort of lecture thing when they're telling a story and you want to say, okay, you know what? Take out like half the words and get to the end <laughs> because <laughs> your story's taking too long. Is there a way in, in interpersonal relationships, how, are there any subtle things you can do to make people in your life who tell really long stories make them shorter? I mean, what's even worse is people who are telling you a really long story that they've already told you a couple of days before, <laughs> and you feel awkward, like you don't want to say, oh, yeah, yeah, you already told me that. You, know, you, you just kind of, I mean, I, I'm anxious to hear the professional's answer because, you know, I, I mean, I just listen politely and nod in my personal life. Yeah. Well, and it okay. depends, too, on where this is and what we're talking about. If this is your spouse, you're more likely going to indulge this. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And not say anything. You see a lot of tension in relationships where a couple will, uh-huh, 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 mm-hmm. while they're actually reading a paper or really not paying any attention, which will 
cause strife. So I assume you marry this person knowing that they did this and that, you know, that's just something you're going to have to tolerate. In, mm-hmm. in other scenarios, I think there's definitely things you can do. You know, if, if it's in a work situation, a coworker walks in, blah, 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 and they just start off on their, you know, vacation to uh, Minot, North Dakota story, you right. know, you can, you can interrupt very quickly and go, wait, this, this sounds like this is going to be a great story. Maybe we should pause right here and you can finish telling me at lunch. Hmm. So sometimes oh, that's trying good. to mm-hmm. head them off a little bit, or you say, you, you literally stand up, you grab something that you need to do, a chore, an mm-hmm. errand, drop something off, make a copy, get a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. come with me while I, and you literally walk out your door, mm-hmm. they will follow oh, you, still talking, yeah. blah, 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 you know, it's like, hey, if they're, if they're going to run their mouths, you may as well get something productive done. Right. So oh, that's you, awesome. Yeah, you leave So you your think, own what office. can I be doing? What can I be doing while I'm listening to this story? So you're mm-hmm. making it a multitasking moment for you. Yeah, and if it's the opposite sex, you just go to the restroom and ditch them. That's a good <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, Scott, I hope you're writing these things down. I, I promise you, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> you know, but sometimes it's just joking around to, to let them realize that they're droning on and on and on, you know, Mm -hmm. saying things like, oh, you know, hang on while I go get a cigar and a cup of coffee while you finish this story or so. Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, okay, let me cut to the chase. Or or you kind of tease, wait, which story are we on or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know? And so sometimes Mm -hmm. if you interject like that, people will get the point. But some people have literally no idea that they're doing this. It's right. kind of like people right. who interrupt. Yeah. See, I'm people sort of interrupt all the time that people have said those things to me, so suddenly I'm realizing I'm the one who's telling the, <laughs> the long story. <laughs> well, you're not alone, clearly, Scott. Okay, so I want to go. So, Scott, can we go back to slow walkers for a minute? Mm-hmm. So I love that there are three kinds of people in the attraction business, skimmers, swimmers, and divers. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, so you worked at Graceland for 12 years. Now you're at the museum in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Do you notice kind of regional differences in terms of, you know, slow walkers, people who really amble? And like, do you think there's anything, is, it, is there anything about our geography of our country where some people are slower than others? I personally do not believe that there is. I believe it relates to a person's personality and how they learn and how they experience life, but also their particular interest in that in that uh, museum or attraction. You know, mm-hmm. perhaps they're very much into NASCAR and they visit the NASCAR museum, or they're an Elvis fan and they visit uh, Graceland. You know, they're going to be mm-hmm. much more engaged and try to absorb every moment and read you know, everything and see everything. But if they're just casually interested in, in mm-hmm. the, the place they're visiting, then they'll probably walk a little faster and not be as engaged. And are there, are there protocols at a place like Graceland or at a museum that people use who work there to get people to keep moving? Like, are there, sort of, are there secret things happening to you when you visit a museum and you don't even know it, but it's about kind of crowd control and flow and... Yeah, I mean, I think there's there are multiple answers to that question. I mean, one one thing that's challenging is when you have a group of say ten or fifteen that you're trying to do a private tour with, and you have a combination of people in that group. Some want to go fast, some want to go slow. Mm-hmm. I have found the best thing to do is at the very beginning of the tour say to everybody, "We've got one hour to get through this whole space, so let's go really fast through it first." 
mm-hmm. and then you'll be free to go back and revisit anything that, that caught your eye. And that way, people really understand that we really do need to keep moving. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing is, you know, a really good museum or attraction will change the flow or the, they'll, they'll, you know, see what people are doing when they interact with the space and then address that. The best example is at Graceland, there was a space in the grass that people would continually walk on to try to back up and get a photograph mm-hmm. of the house even if there was a sign that said, please don't step on the grass. Mm-hmm. And so the way they responded was to just pour a little, a little sidewalk there. It's called the keyhole. And so mm-hmm. when you visit Graceland, you'll see like a little brick walkway that goes out in front of the house that was, that was put there in response to people's behavior at the attraction. I think that's such an interesting metaphor for so many ways to solve problems. You pour the sidewalks where the grass has worn away. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down. Because <laughs> um, that's a good, that's actually not a bad approach to life, you know? Okay, so Laura, how, let's go to strangers for a minute. I mean, we've been talking a lot about strangers, but yeah. what if you are someplace and you, whether you're sort of at a, you know, you're, check, you're at Starbucks or you're at the grocery store or you're standing in line someplace or you're in a restaurant and maybe the answers here are different, whether it's you're dealing with a waiter or you're standing in a line. But what if you're getting service that's too slow for you? How do you, is there a polite way? I loved your suggestion about how to deal with your talkative, long story coworker. Is there something equally graceful that you can do when you're dealing with someone who's waiting on you? Well, I think in any of those situations you mentioned, the trick is to remember to frame things from their point of view in a way they can understand that's meaningful for them, not coming from me, 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 but come from this you view. So mm-hmm. if I were walking it in, in your work area, you know, trying to get to your train and people are standing there staring up, framing it from their view would mean that I would come over to them, arms outstretched, almost like a little mother hen, and using emotion, I would walk toward them and I would say, you're, ooh, you're going to get run over. This is a really busy, you might want to stand over here. There's a lot of mm-hmm. hustle and bustle going on. You mm-hmm. know, and they go, oh, oh, oh. And, and taking the perspective that they have no idea that they're standing in the middle of a traffic area. They're not from there. But putting right. it from their perspective. You don't want to get run over here. Ooh, come over here. This is a really busy area. Right. It's from the cashier's perspective. You know, she thinks she's being sociable when they're checking you out with your groceries. They think they get better points for this in their customer service scores if they engage their customers, not realizing that when they're talking to you, they're not actually checking out your groceries. <laughs> and see, my, my kids would tell you that I'm the most embarrassing dad in the world because, like, if I go to a grocery store and there are huge lines, you know, I'll calmly ask to speak the man- to the manager, and then I'll introduce mm-hmm. myself and explain that, you know, I don't believe that they have enough staff and that I won't be coming back unless the experience can be different. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm at a fast food restaurant and they ask me to pull up, you know, mm-hmm. they say, would you mind pulling up? And I'll say, yeah, you know what? Really, I do mind, you know. And so I'm going to have to sit here until my food's ready. And so my kids are just, oh, Dad, no. You know, so. <laughs> okay, well, Scott, uh, Scott, when you do that, when you say, may I speak to the manager, and you say, look, you don't have enough people manning these ca- cash registers, et cetera, how does that usually play out? You know what they always say, you know what, I'm, I apologize, we had two people that called in sick, and you know what, I'm going to talk to our owner, and you know, or I've also had people say, you know what, I agree with you, would you do me a favor, 
call the grocery store tomorrow, ask for this person and tell them what your experience was like. I actually love that you do that because I do think that's how problems get solved. But then you've got to take the time out of your life, Mm -hmm. maybe with your kids standing there with you and they want to get out of there and... Yeah. You have to then make that effort, and and I'm too lazy. And I'm never <laughs> going to take a survey, and I'm never going to call someone, and by the time you did all that, I'd be out of the line and yeah. in the car. So, you know, eh. It's the principle of it because at fast food restaurants, I know that for efficiency, they're measuring the speed at which the cars leave their window. Yeah, and right. And so by me pulling up, it just indicated that I had my food and, and drove away, which was not the case. So sometimes for me, it's like I, I want to contribute, you know. To the reality. In a better way. Well, those yeah. are also coded in their system. They are very specialized in terms of their holding and had to be pulled up. So that, that metric is actually tracked in the fast food business. Okay, you two have been such awesome guests. So, Laura Stack and Scott Williams, I really appreciate you being here with me today. That's all we've got time for. Our producer today is Tim Einenkel. Please let us know what you think of this show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple, or I really strongly encourage you to tweet ideas for this podcast, irritating people in your own life, directly to me, at KVanOgtrop. For more on irritating people and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com. And of course, subscribe to us in iTunes. For Laura Stack and Scott Williams, I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. Thanks for joining us.